A blessed Sunday to all of you, dear friends. You are tuned in to OLMC Sunday Best. This is a sharing of the Bible study group from the parish of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Wan Chai, Hong Kong. Join us now in reflecting on this Sunday's liturgy for our life's nourishment. Welcome everyone to Sunday Best. Um, we are celebrating the Feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. So you actually see that the readings are slightly different from that of ordinary time, especially uh, chosen for this feast. Uh, let us join together to say the collect. May the venerable intercession of the glorious Virgin Mary come to our aid. So that, fortified by her perfection, we may reach the mountain which is Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. So, for those of you who are joining us online, uh, the specially chosen readings are as follows. The first reading is from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, 12 to 14. And for the second reading, it's the letter of St. Paul to the Galatians, chapter 4, 4 to 7. Uh, and you'll see in this week's gospel, uh, it's actually the gospel according to John, uh, because again, it's the uh, Feast of Our Lady, chapter 2, 1 to 11. So we'll start with the first reading taken from the Acts of the Apostles. After Jesus had been taken up into heaven, the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When the apostles entered the city, they went to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphas, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. All these devoted themselves with one accord to prayer, together with some women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So listen to Deacon Alex for a little commentary on this reading. Okay. Um, first of all, we should uh, pay attention to the focus of um, the Acts of the Apostles. Um, it is uh, it, he focused very much on um, the on Jerusalem. Okay. Um, it, the actually. Uh, this is written by Luke, the same author as the gospel. And in the gospel, the, the gospel began the stories in the temple in Jerusalem. And the ascension of Jesus, you know, very, yeah, very near Jerusalem. And then after Jesus, okay, uh, you can reach here. And then the apostles return to Jerusalem. So Jerusalem is, is a focal point in uh, Luke's uh, corpus, we say that, okay, whether this is the gospel or the, um, um, the, the Acts of the Apostles. It is important because um, uh, it reminds us that, um, okay, 
the heavenly Jerusalem, which is our true home. So the tone is already set. So all our journey on earth should be a journey towards our heavenly home. So this is the first point I would like you to make. The second one is uh, usually we will, we will pay attention to the list of the apostles. All right, we, we have several name lists okay, in the gospel and even, even Luke himself, uh, in his gospel, he has a list of the uh, apostles. Now, the Exodus apostles, you have the second list. We usually pay attention to the order of appearance. Uh, we, we can see that in the in the gospel, okay, uh, usually, okay, I mean, Peter go with his brother Andrew and then James and John, etc., etc. However, after the resurrection of Jesus, we'll see that there's a little change. There's a little change here. We see that John has become uh, very actively involved in assisting Peter. And so you will notice that, okay, here, the, the same author, Luke, when he wrote the gospel, the order that he mentioned is different from the order in this, this time in the Acts of the Apostles. You can see that it is Peter and then followed by John instead of by Andrew, right? So this is something, so what, what does that mean to us? John is the beloved apostle of Jesus, of our Lord. So if we, all of us can be, okay, can occupy a position in the heart of Jesus. This is really very encouraging because actually I mean, James and John, you know, these brothers, according to the gospel of Mark, they were very furious, very hot temper. Uh, well, not very promising followers actually. You know, sometimes they even uh, ask Jesus, oh, okay, these Samaritans, they were bad people. Can we call down fire from heaven to destroy the village? You know, something like that. They're very impulsive, crazy men. You know, they are very impulsive. Well, you see, through, I mean, following Jesus for some time, this transformation going on in John. I mean, he's, I mean, the, 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 when we, when we uh, re read the gospel today, we do not have this kind of impulsive, you know, feelings from them. So uh, his, his change, okay. So all of us should think about that for ourselves. After following, Jesus, after following Jesus for some time already, or maybe a long time, sometimes, what have, I mean, what changes have taken place in us? Are we becoming the beloved disciples of Jesus? This is something we should think. Okay, lastly, of course, okay, is Mary, okay? <laughs> she should be the focal point of our feast day. Okay, you can see that, you know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, okay. Um, oh, very soon, okay, we'll be showing the uh, movie, the okay. Movie. The movie, okay. Uh, my son and my savior. Oh, this is, well, the, the movie is a little bit uh, amateurish, but um, not very professional. However, I mean, it, it, it hit on the right, the right point, okay. She's very closely related with Jesus. And then she took up her role as the mother of church very well. So at the beginning 
of the gather of the church. You know, she has been there all along. Though it's not mentioned in the Acts of the Apostles, we believe that she must have been present during the descent of the Holy, the Spirit. Holy Spirit. Yeah. Actually, okay. sorry, Dikona. It's actually here in this reading, they were in the upper room. Yeah. Yeah. And the descent of the Holy Spirit, the upper room is really the identified place, the synagogue, no? But anyway, as you're saying, in chapter two, yep. there was no mention no, of, uh, yeah, there, there was Mary together with the apostles waiting, mm. waiting for the Holy Spirit. Yep. Yes. So. Ooh, that's all. That's all I would like yeah. to share. <laughs> there, there are uh, noticeable changes in this, as you said. Uh, even if you count the disciples, the apostles are already 11. Only. <laughs> <laughs> and we know that. No? We know why they're only 11. Okay? Because this is already after the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And there was no Judas. Mm, yeah. And they still have to choose who will replace Judas Iscariot. Okay, so very interesting. Your your uh, introduction to this reading. There is a positive transformation. Yep. John becoming the beloved disciple and even taking a more prominent place now. Yep. But also a negative change, which is the removal of Judas Iscariot in this. He, he was one who followed, but then in the end, you know, he denied Jesus, our <laughs> Lord. So, uh, you yeah. think the role, I mean, the, the role of Judas is, is really very, very interesting. Yes. I mean, I mean, Jesus knows well beforehand that, I mean, this guy is going to betray him, you know. Why keep him there? But of course, I mean, um, it's good to have Judas. It's good for us also, in the sense that, okay, don't be discouraged. I mean, you, you will not be as worse as uh, <laughs> Judas, okay? <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> we, no, no. We have, the, we have this temptation, this trap to become a Judas, a Judas. Yeah. However, okay. Um, we well, can always yeah. trust that, you know, yeah. the Lord will help us right, exactly. come back to the right path <laughs> yeah. if we trust, okay? <laughs> so, uh, from here, no, after the Hearing, you know, actually, this was taken by the liturgy because of the presence of Mary. The feast that we're celebrating, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, is pointing to the presence of Our Lady in the church and in our lives. And also, uh, this becomes very prominent in the gospel reading also. <coughs> you can listen to this gospel reading. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. There was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. When the wine ran short, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servers, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for Jewish ceremonial washings, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told them, 
fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it. And when the head waiter tasted the water that had become wine, without knowing where it came from, although the servers who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves good wine first, and then when people have drunk freely an inferior one, but you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs at Cana in Galilee, and so revealed his glory, and his disciples began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. What a nice way to continue on from the first reading. We see that the Mary, um, we're celebrating the feast day four, is continuing to be a very central figure in the gospel. Um, two things you see that comes into my mind uh, in the gospel reading. This is the first miracle that is uh, performed by Jesus. It is also the quiet miracle. Um, and it is also a miracle that meets the needs of his beloved. First thing is a background. I think you're familiar with this. Um, Jesus mentions that his, his hour has not come. And this hour he's referring to is death and resurrection, converting wine, converting blood into wine, or wine into blood, sorry. Now, the first point that I wanted to bring across is this is a very quiet miracle. If you really examine the gospel reading itself, look at who knows of this miracle. Obviously, Jesus, who performed it, Mary, who asked of it, and only the servers, because even the head waiter just thought that he was serving very good wine, but he didn't know of this conversion of wine, sorry, water to wine. Something that um, we should keep in mind is that Jesus responds to our asks and needs in hidden and mysterious ways. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to come with a fanfare. It's not broadcast to show how great he is. No, he speaks. He wants us to be silent when meditating and praying to him. He will also be quiet and be very understated when he speaks to us. So we have to be quiet and have quiet times with Jesus so that we're open to his messages. The second point is that Jesus answers the faithful. You look at who's asking for this. It's Mary. Mary has often been described as the first and the best of all apostles. You look at the many trials and tribulations of Mary, these seven sorrows. She, during the, announce, during the annunciation 
she was a pregnant woman without being married. She did not raise a complaint. She then hurried to um, Elizabeth uh, to greet her so that she knows that Elizabeth will be carrying John. All these trials and tribulations Mary took on and she did never made a complaint. So to Deacon's point in the first reading, you see this continuation. As we grow in our understanding and our closeness to God, we should also grow in our faith. And you see that Mary is a great example of this. God is not Jesus and God is not, and Jesus is not responding to someone who's not faithful. Jesus is responding unusually. It's not the right timing, but to someone who's very faithful. We sometimes don't understand why our prayers are not answered, but keep on praying and God will respond. God will respond in his way and in the way that meets our needs, not necessarily the way that we ask. It's important to think about also why we're reading this gospel. And the one theme that if you, if you don't remember anything else, but you carry one message with you is faith. You see this as in a great example of Mary. She's faithful. She's asking for our Lord's help. And the Lord has responded. I like that last point that you said, Patrick, because actually this is the last part of the reading. Jesus did this at the beginning of, uh, Jesus did this as the beginning of the signs at Cana in Galilee, and so revealed his glory, and his disciples began to believe in him. So it's like Mary triggered the moment of faith, of belief, right? Uh, we heard, no, this is the first of the signs. There are seven signs in John, but Mary triggered the happening, uh, the revelation of the first sign. And, and uh, somehow, that's why you're saying there is she becomes the mother of faith, okay, the mother of our belief. And uh, maybe we can deepen this some more in our daily life as we now listen to the second reading. Uh, I would like to say a few, a few more words. Yes. I'm sorry, because I'm always talkative. <laughs> I, I was, um, I, I mean, during the reading, I was very much um, uh, attracted by the second sentence. <laughs> Jesus and his disciples were also <laughs> invited to the wedding. I mean, this, this is, I, I feel that, okay, I mean, very simple. I mean, if, if Jesus were, was not invited, no miracle, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, no possibility of miracle. So, I mean, why are people nowadays so stupid? I mean, they, they, they reject Jesus. They, they don't believe in Jesus. Come on. I, I, would, I would say, well, okay, you, you always run into trouble. You always complain to God. You always say this and say that, and, you know, life is too good. Why don't you... Invite Jesus. 
and his disciples. Right? I mean, without, I mean, why do we have to face the problems all alone? So, uh, uh, this is something, you know, that, that, that attracts me a lot. Uh, but of course, I mean, the, the most difficult line would be my hour has not yet come. This, this is this is open to, you know, to the meditation. We need to, to say, of course, we will think about the, uh, his uh, passions Passion, and yes. suffering. No, I, I, I think it, it means something, something other than this suffering. And, you know, because he, he, he continues to go miracles, right? Or he started this miracle. Perhaps, um, well, so may I, 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 for this part, I think I need to meditate more. And I'm not so sure. It's a, it's a very broad, actually, the meaning of the hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Not this right. Yeah. But it's, it's nice what you said there. Uh, when you say, do something with all your strength, sometimes we leave out Jesus there, we leave out our faith. Um, yeah. We can always get, he's part of our strength. Jesus, no, and the intercession of our lady, they are part of our strength. So yeah. when we do something, the effort is not just our effort. We can always bring them in. The second thing about this story, also very, very, you know, uh, minor details, is Jesus told the servant to fill the jars with water, right? But what about the servant? What did they do? They filled them. To the brim. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, we people usually overdo, you know. Okay, uh, we follow this instruction of church. We go to mass. Okay, we, we say our prayer. But times and again, whatever we do, we tend to overdo. Uh, Surgery. It's not exaggerate, but it is because... Perhaps we believe that, you know, the harder we work, the more reward we have. This is a kind of a policy. Policy. It's a policy. I mean, it is very popular nowadays, especially in Hong Kong, a kind of commercial world. All right. The harder you work, the more you gain. This is, this is wrong. I mean, we, on, the other, on the opposite, we should, we should, I mean, we should um, um, let go. We should open to God, and let him take the drive. All right, now Jesus told us to, to feel the drive, and then, of course, we feel, 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 <laughs> oh, come on, <laughs> leaving, leaving but, some mess behind. <laughs> but I like it. You know, uh, I don't know if you have noticed our mural here in our, our church. Our church, mm -hmm. the mural in the front of the altar, the back of the, I mean, mm -hmm. the front of the altar, yeah, the, was really the reading. And there, and there, if you notice, because you never know when the water became wine. Yeah. But in the picture, you will see that as the servants are pouring the water, it becomes red. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the interpreter of the mural, the interpreter, the artist who did the mural, put on his interpretation. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful, no? So yeah, that, I mean, so that good, the brim, yeah, yeah, the brim of the yeah, jar I mean. is already red. Meaning to say, it's ready. <laughs> now, seriously, Dikad, uh, the the it's it's super abundant. Mm -hmm. The super abundance of grace here is really yes. beyond imagination. It's thirty gallons times six, so one hundred eighty. 
or more, 180 gallons, which is probably not necessary anymore because it's mm. towards the end of the wedding. That's why there's no more wine. Yeah. <laughs> they have finished. Yeah. But it's super abundant because I guess the interpretation of this gospel goes beyond, it flows over from the text. It's really not just, you know, the happening at Cana, but it's really the opening of the kingdom, the super abundant uh, blessings that come with the presence of Jesus, yeah. even if his hour has not yet come. So it's like uh, Mary forced the hour to come, but just the beginning is an opening. Mm. But the opening, even if it's just an opening, is really super abundant. Yeah. Overflowing. So thank you for bringing that up also. <laughs> 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 oh, Pritya is coming in. Wait lang, Pritya. And so with that, uh, we are ready to listen to the second reading. Bernice will do it for us today. And see how this applies to our being children of God. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Galatians. Brothers and sisters, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to ransom those under the law so that we may receive adoption as sons. As proof that you are sons, God sent the spirit, spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then also an heir through God, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Bernice. Good reading. And those who would know well, this letter to the Galatians, there is a very big dispute here about the law. No, the, uh, the role of the law in the life of the Jewish Christians or the, even the Gentile Christians, the first, those who were first <clears throat> believers of Christ since the time of St. Paul. You know that Galatians is among the first, the very first uh, letter or one of the first works in the New Testament. Okay, so you can imagine that time <clears throat> the... The Jewish Christians would still insist for you to become you know, a real follower of Christ, you have to follow the law, okay? And all the practices of the law, the dietary, you know, the kosher, the Sabbath, etc. But Paul's insistence here is no, because our basis for our faith now is not so much the law, but faith in Christ. And Paul gives himself as the example. In chapter 2 of Galatians, he said, uh, I have died to the law so that I might live for Christ. So the one I'm living now, the life I'm living now is not my own. No, but it is Christ living in me. But that is a process. That is a process. And here, 
you see the uh, this is chapter four already you know if you have time later uh, go to chapter three and you will see there still the very strong dispute but it finishes with our freedom in Christ no? in Christ we are now all the same no more Jew no more Gentile no more male female slave or you know Galatians 3, 28, 29. No. It's already has been declared with, through our baptism, we have won that freedom. So the, that, that is the background of this reading of chapter 4. And then he goes further with the fullness of time. When the fullness of time had come, God sent his son. Then we have the the line born of a woman meaning to say becoming really fully woman it's double it's like uh, the jewish way of saying the things double or triple god sent his son born of a woman born under the law really human being like all of us okay we're all born of our mothers right <laughs> no one here is just just uh, come out of the soil and you know <laughs> so born of a woman so jesus was also born of a woman born under the law to run some of those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons okay he, the, this is really the mystery of the incarnation the incarnation which happened you know, in the life of jesus so that he can lift us up to that level of being children of god and he says here, Paul says, as proof that your sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. And so we are no longer slaves, but children of God and heirs. heirs. We receive the promises and the blessings, the promises which still come from the time of Abraham. Now, very, very interesting also in this letter to the Galatians. When you start with a dispute uh, about the law, it starts with Moses because uh, the law was received through Moses. But Paul went further. He said, Abraham, Abraham is the first, the father in faith, okay? Not the law. So start with that. Yeah. As we said in the, in the first reading, the second, the, the gospel reading, it is faith that matters, no? the faith that we have in Christ. So Paul is saying the same thing. Faith has liberated us. Faith has raised us to another level, another, another nature. And I guess that is the challenge. No? How is this uh, being lived out in our life? This, we are no longer slaves, no? but children of God. And as children, we are heirs. We can really say, uh, uh, so we can ask and be sure that we will receive. Right? We have heard in the gospel reading, Mary, you know, the mother of faith, also asked. And even if Jesus said, oh, what do you have? What does that have to do with me? And yet, and yet Mary said, do whatever he tells you. So it's like Mary did not hear anything, no response from Jesus. So, so it's maybe like that, no? The, how do you call that? The, the being intrepid in our, in our intercession, like we're courageous. 
we, we already say thank you, Lord, because I know you will give me, even if it's not yet there. Because you believe, you know, because you are an heir, you are a child of God. And your, what you are asking is really, you, you discerned from your heart, it is for the good of all. That, that is also connecting it to the gospel reading. Mary saw that. You know? uh, this couple will run into embarrassment if the people knew that there's no more wine. So her eye, you know, her sensitivity to the needs around, of those around her. So <laughs> that's, that's a beautiful link you know, of all these readings. And so maybe at this point we can, oh, Patrick, we can uh, open it up to yes. uh, the group first uh, in uh, the church. Any reflections or questions that you may have with regards to any of the readings that we have? Anything? Derma. <laughs> I am stuck with what Deacon said. This one, Jesus and his disciples were also invited. Then telling us that why don't you invite Jesus also in all your yeah in everything that you do you invite him in the office invite him in the table you're eating it's like that and also sometimes when I'm way back in the Philippines there is a hard there is a hardship in looking for a ride mm -hmm. so one time I told myself Jesus please give me a ride and then the ride came <laughs> Like that. Now I understand. Oh, nah. if, if you invite him always in, in everything that you do, everything, everything in your life will be lighter, even if it's not that light, but you can feel that if you have faith. <laughs> Maybe less stress. Less stress. And then and you will not entertain some bad or negative things anymore. Jesus will do it for me. <laughs> will arrange and everything will be all right. Thank you. And we need to pay the effort first. Mm -hmm. If you want to ride, maybe you have also prepared tickets first, right? Yeah. Maybe just arrange for earlier. <laughs> just means if we pray to God for help or something, mm -hmm. I think we need to have a strength. God give us the strength. But this strength is not waste. This is not always we sitting here, no need to use any energy, it's just like God will reward us. No mm -hmm. way. You have to pay first. No feeling. Yes, right. It says two way. Two way. Okay, so what I'm understanding is if we pray to God, we also need to devote our time first to walk to the church. This is all we pay first. Nothing is feeling. So this is what I believe. We need to do something. God will give us strength to do what we need for. But finally, we do our best. We pray to God for how it's ending. Satisfaction. That's it for me. Thank you. Yes. Before we give it to another, I have a question, Deacon, because I, I was hearing like you say, we overdo some things. Yeah. yeah, like we already attended the Mass. Then after the Mass, some people, or sometimes me, <laughs> I stay and say my rosary. Is it, is it overdoing? Or because you know, <laughs> well, um, first of all, it's, uh, it's, it's I mean, I, I am in no position to judge whether you have overdone your, your, your piety or whatever, because 
No, everybody's different. Yes. It's different, okay? Uh, I mean, when I say uh, we have a tendency to overdo because uh, we have a kind of um, uh, fallacy in our mind that the harder we work, okay, the greater the success will be. I mean, everybody wants achievements. I don't want to see my work done, you know, in a, in a very, I mean, uh, there, there are people, or some people, okay, they, um, not all, some people who, who are perfectionist in the sense that they, uh, they, have, they, they set a very high standard for themselves, which is not necessary. I mean, God does not demand this, okay? What God wants is something simple. That's why he said, okay, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. So that is to say, you know, no matter how hard you work, I mean, if you're working in the wrong direction when you are uh, 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 think that, okay, by seeing one million rosary, I'll be saved. <laughs> I'm not joking. You know, there are WhatsApp, you know, circulating these kind of things, quantifying. Yeah, it's, it's silly. But you see, I mean, I never tell you to say one million times rosary, but you invented yourself and then you're crazy. <laughs> Qualitative was qualitative. Yes, <laughs> quality more than quantity. Yeah. And then if I can add there uh, in your question, uh, Derma, actually, I think it's very important that we put the, you know, the hierarchy of prayers well. Like, we know that the liturgy, the liturgy and practice, and, and, and when I say liturgy, that's mass, you know, and uh, you can also put there the liturgy of the arts, the prayer of the psalms, the sacraments. You know? mm -hmm. They come before all other devotions. Okay, we cannot uh, only maybe during this time of the COVID that um, the church or some church authorities are saying if you cannot attend the mass, so do some of your devotions. Mm -hmm. That was a special occasion, a special situation, but. If you can really attend the mass, there is no substitute for that. Okay, because the 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 mass is really the main sacrifice, and the, uh, the we call it the summit, the highest point. No, because it's not just our work. It's not the uh, uh, the mass is not our work, but God's work. We are participating in His work of redemption of salvation. So it's not just one devotion, <laughs> not the same level, okay? <laughs> and uh, let's uh, come to the Zoom group. Uh, any questions or reflections that you'd like to share? Hy, are you there? Or Pitya? Shirley. Shirley. Okay, I'm here. Hi, Hy. Just go ahead. Hi. Um, okay, I, this is not original from me. I heard it from someone who who were meditating on the wedding of Cana. And this person said that Mary is the first one to notice that there was no joy, you know, like the couple running out of wine. So there's no joy in somebody's life. And then she went to, she intercede for them. So she went to her son and tell them that they have no wine. And um, Jesus, although he said that my time is not here yet, but he listens to his mother. 
Okay, yeah. some people don't agree with that, but some people do agree with that. Some people said that although um, I, I, there's another interpretation is more complicated, so they say it's not there yet. But um, but because of that, so therefore it it um when I when I am in my um, living my life. I would try to be sensitive to see if someone has no joy in their life. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when I pray, I'll try to pray through Mary because when she intercedes, apparently her son listens more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> that is true. There are, there are those who are very devoted to Our Lady who wouldn't even recognize that Jesus should be the first one. That's why the Protestants are, are laughing at us sometimes. No, we really have to put our devotions into place. Okay. Uh, from the Zoom group, anyone else? Pritya, Shirley, okay? Tiffany? Uh, okay, okay, I can go next. Um, I think uh, the wedding, you know, um, the wedding, it always, um, how should I say, strike me how faithful mother mary is mm -hmm. because you know being a mom if your child say okay what what, what does it have to do with me you know your first reaction would be <laughs> will be quite upset okay usually but she's very <laughs> calm and she's very faithful and like sister said you know she pretend <laughs> didn't listen to what he just said and tell the servant just do what he said so she, she is very faithful and confident that Jesus will do something about it. Yeah. And that is very, the, uh, very wise of her, I must say. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and also uh, as a summary um, uh, of what I just listened now is that um, we have to pray to God or uh, even Mother Mary of what we want. Sometimes, of course, what we want is not the best for us. Okay, yes. and and because I've heard people, you know, um, how should I say, leaving God because mm -hmm. God did not respond to their prayers. Mm -hmm. I've heard that story before, and of course, you know, even happened to me. You know, not all my prayers were answered, but after a certain, um, you know, certain time, when I look back, I know why God yes. did not answer my prayer because it's the best for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. So we just have to trust. Even though he did not answer our prayer, we have to trust that his will is always better than our will. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not easy. It's very challenging, honestly. Um, yeah. But because recently I just uh, you know, keep praying for, for something, okay, for a few months already. And a few days ago, I, I told, you know, I, I talked to God. I said, you know what? I will give this event a deadline, okay? <laughs> Within this deadline, you know, I will listen to your, your will, okay? Because I leave this case to you, okay? <laughs> Even though it's not the best result that I'm looking for, but I surrendered it to God. And you know what? Exactly on that that line, I receive a response. <laughs> As I said, it's not it's not what I wanted, okay. Yes. Um, but I think it's the best solution for me. So I'm after that. I'm actually it just happened like yesterday, okay. So I'm very very peaceful now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like leaving leaving a burden off my shoulder. You know what I mean? 
Yes. We just have to listen to God. Just trust God. Yeah. yeah. So like Mother Mary, she just trusts Jesus. Yeah. That's my sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Thank you, Tiffany. That's very beautiful. You know, you know, I just Thanks. came from my retreat, no? This is an annual retreat. Uh, the nuns have their days of silence and prayer uh, once a year, a prolonged one. And that was also my question, the will of God. Uh, what is the will of God? And so difficult to know what is God's will. And then in that retreat, I said, of course, the answer for that question of the will of God cannot be only from inside you. It has to be also in the broader horizon of what's happening in your family, what's happening in your world. No? And, and uh, the, the, re or, let's say, the response that you are expecting cannot be the same response as the past. You know what I mean? Yes. Because Yes. Because the, the world is also changing and evolving. What is important is you have the openness to receive you know, what will be really coming out of that prayer. Okay. Because it's it's him. <laughs> Sometimes we force our will on God. Exactly, yes. It has to happen. And then we think. Uh, that is God's will. Actually, maybe we have really to doubt what is that God's will or my will? <laughs> right. Your will, not mine. I mean, this is what this is. Yes, a, yes. And this is the reason why I mean, even yes. we went to our annual retreat, and the theme of this year's retreat is the discernment. Of discernment, our, discernment yes. of the diaconate uh, uh, vocation. So, the question always comes back again and again. Am I doing God's will or doing work for my own glory, my own whatever? Yes. So, so that, that's, the, that's the reason why, you know, sometimes we overdo because God doesn't require me to be like that. But so, I mean, so that's, that's, that's why I'm, I'm sensitive to, to that word, you know, over, I mean, over the brim because, you know, it reminds me that, you know, sometimes I overdo the extra work probably is just for my own vain growth <laughs> because I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> well, of course, there are people very lazy. You need to kick them and then they are not moving. However, I've always believed that when you press the hot button, you will start working, you know, over the brim. <laughs> you have to find the right button and press it and then you drive him on. I think God is trying to, to, to figure out, okay, where, where, where is your, your hot button? Of course, God knows our hot button, but we do not know. But when you find right spot, I'm sure everybody is working hard. Well, uh, he is educating us. Okay. Anybody else? So, if not, um, then um, yes, the, the responsorial psalm, yeah. if so, you notice, no, is really the magnificat. Mm. So, we're talking of joy, we're talking of the fullness. So Mary here in this magnificat, the uh, magnifying God's work you know, in her, but also in the whole of history, including the history of Israel. So, it's a beautiful ending. So well, we take the response to your song. My soul, my soul rejoices, rejoices in, in my God. God.
My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked upon his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy. My soul rejoices in my God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Have a blessed Sunday. And happy feast day to all. Thank you for tuning in to OLMC Sunday Best. Please join us again next week for another episode. Have a blessed Sunday, everyone.